What is life on the road in the NBA for a team, for a reporter, for everyone involved? We'll talk about it and take your questions on that in the live audience. The Utah Jazz feel like they're about to become the flavor of the month. Should we care? And power rankings and analytics, where do they tell us things are playing out now? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so very much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, and you can subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast, just follow along and get notified. And if you are uh, on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit that little bell to be notified uh, what is coming. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. It's kind of an interesting spot for the Jazz. This is the two days off on the road, which we don't usually get, and two days off in general we don't usually get, and we won't get again until April. So what the Jazz did yesterday was they actually had a pretty good practice, and I would actually argue – that a decent amount of that practice was focused toward the playoffs. Um, And there were a lot of things that Quinn was putting in and instituting and looking at. And I I would say a good deal of that was set toward being playoff ready, which seemed, you know, we're 20 games away. But when you realize how few practice days they actually have left, um, it makes sense. So that's so I thought today. There's, you know, I broke down the offense um, a huge amount yesterday. In fact, I would go listen to that show if you, um, frankly, the numbers have not been great on that show yet. Um, and it's probably one of the more interesting shows I think we've done. I never, I actually always miss, by the way, the shows we do that I think are really cool, um, that I think are unique to Locked On, that I think are of value, don't always resonate the same way as some others um, and some values from other shows. So maybe it's not that interesting, but I thought it was. Um, just on how really, really good our offense has been um, this year. So feel free uh, to go grab that show. Um, I'll link to it at the end of the show at some point anyway, or in the process. Um, So what they did yesterday is they practiced. It made me suddenly realize like, well, what is life on the road? Like what, not for an announcer, but for the team. And obviously um, I don't have any good, fun, sultry details to tell you about, but I thought people might be interested. So, if you take, you know, and you, and I think one thing people wonder about is like, well, why do they never practice? So if you look at the rest of this trip, so we'll play today against Houston. We'll spend the night here, I believe the team is, and then we'll fly tomorrow to New Orleans. Um, then we get to New Orleans and uh, on your off day, you're not really going to practice on a day where you travel. The sleep doctors think you're better off um, travel, you know, staying, um, overnight. That's some of the reasons there's, you know, some other things I I actually personally have always thought that the travel was the most exhausting. So any day without travel, I felt was a really great day. Um, and was, you know, made you feel a lot fresher. So I actually have always kind of 
wondered about travel versus sleep on that. I'm not a doctor. The doctors know better, but that's just a personal note. So then we'll we'll play New Orleans. Then they fly after New Orleans. They'll have an off day in Oklahoma City. And you would think, oh, well, that's a practice day, except for the fact you're playing Oklahoma City and Dallas back-to-back. So you're suddenly playing three games in four nights. You don't want the guys on their feet in that middle game in between. And so you suddenly lose a practice day. Then Tuesday, you fly back Monday. You're, you've played three games in four nights, so you're not going to practice Tuesday. I think we play Wednesday at home against San Antonio. And then Thursday, you've now been home for a little while. And I think we would practice, except for the fact that I almost feel like we have another road trip coming up on the backside. But sorry, when I was not on the road, my knowledge of the calendar got a little less good. Didn't have to make dinner reservations um, all over the place. But this is why, if you wonder, sometimes we play at home against the Blazers on a late game. And then we're, we head to San Antonio. So you won't practice the 10th because it's a, you might get together, but it's unlikely you're going to practice the 10th with a flight to San Antonio the, on the 11th. And you're not going to practice the 10th because we're playing three games in four nights again, where you play the 11th again, 12th against Sacramento. You're going to take 13th off on Sunday. And then you play the Bucks on the 14th. And you might get a practice day in the 15th. So yesterday, Quinn has him on the 1st of March. And his next practice day is going to be on the 15th. So, like, that's why you hear this thing about, and then you'll end up, and then you end up with slippage, right? And and then coaches have to kind of rear it back in. We should probably be able to get a practice the 15th and the 17th, limited because we have games, but then we will not practice again. That we play 19th, 20th, 21st. We play three games and four nights in on that next road trip. The next time the team might practice would possibly be March 26th in Dallas, but I would highly doubt it I because that trip is a mammoth trip. So the next practice day that Quinn Snyder has on his team between two home games is not until maybe April 4th. So the Jazz had a practice yesterday. They'll have a practice the 15th, and they'll probably have a practice April 4th. It's really an incredible stretch and why suddenly you put in things yesterday that are playoff centric. That's the first thing. Um, All right. So what is like the schedule, like eating? So the teams have become, we actually have a chef um, and who deals with a lot of the food and makes sure the players and the team has become more and more over the years. These are multi-million dollar assets and they are providing food. So yesterday the players had a, morning food that was available to them before going to practice. When they came back from practice, there was a lunch meal made available for them. And you're also trying to make their lives easy. Like I actually got caught yesterday in between conference calls and things trying to go find lunch. I don't eat at the same place they do. Um, And then they actually had a team dinner last night. I came back. I actually went to the Rockets Clippers game last night um, with a good friend of mine and uh, watch that ball game. And then as I came back, they were all coming back from their team dinner, walking as a group. So you have some bonding in that group. The day before we um, is, I believe we flew from, so they would have had breakfast provided for them early morning, something provided for them in Phoenix. We w- had a meal on the plane uh, catered from one of the best pizzerias around called pizzeria Bianca. Um, it was fabulous. And then I th- when they got to the, they probably had some sort of protein shakes. We came off practice. They have a protein shake available. For, so that's their food kind of element of it. Um, the travel is done all on team charter. Uh, the whole group, uh, which right now is about 16 coaches and four medical staff and 
two PR people and social media and all the players, and I'm forgetting some element of something here. Oh, four or five strength and conditioning, three or four strength and conditioning coach. So it's a big traveling party. Um, and that all works. We actually move around town right now in four buses, which is left over from COVID. We used to have two. Um, and so there'll be various buses and you're kind of assigned to a bus and you go when that bus goes to the arena. Um, and so I, I, my bus leaves at a certain time today and I jump on that bus and go to the arena. Uh, and then that bus comes back here tonight. Then tomorrow uh, when they they fly um, and you fly on the uh, the bus, you know, all that stuff is taken care of. So it's that, that stuff is, again, it's all about trying to maximize the ease, the freshness of the players, give them the best nutrition you can at the easiest level. And certainly on certain nights, they're going out, they have friends, they go out and see people. Um, and so the dinner meals, unlike last night, you're not going to be able to do too many of those team dinners. Um, you know, you're going to, or else they stop showing up. The Warriors did it for a long time. And then in the Durant final year, from what I understand, you know, let attendance kind of began to, to swoon a little bit. And they would actually do it after games because they are a big stay in, um, town overnight. Um, so those are kind of, I don't know. Everyone always wants to know about the road. Um, we say in cool hotels. Oh, I was going to show this to you yesterday. Um, I didn't realize there was a button here. All right. I have two things to show you. Um, so this is. Oh, where's the button? Am I going to be able to reach? So I think you can see this. This is kind of cool. Uh, this is our my hotel. It's pretty nice. And they have a TV here. And then um, you just push a button. And the TV disappears. See? Kind of snazzy. Okay, the other one, if you want a little funny story, since we're just sharing today. Um, there he goes. Here's my other funny story for you for the day. So I like to wear my Echoes. This is for YouTube only. And um, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, see the first person in the chat room gets what happened here. So I have two pairs of these shoes. And I grabbed two of these shoes to take them to um, the trip for the five-day road trip to wear with my suits. And I grabbed two of the shoes. And I evidently grabbed the left foot of each of my pairs of the exact same shoes. Cute. So I have two left-footed shoes. The question is whether at some point on this road trip, I decide to actually wear them and see if anyone notices that I look like the five-year-old kindergarten student who dressed himself for the day. Yes. Matt N says, I guess we point out what kind of dancer you are. That is accurate. So, yes. So, um, yeah, the dress shoes are not are not good. So that's life on the road. If anyone has any questions, literally in our live audience, I'm totally willing to answer them. I, I feel like it's the most intriguing thing. It's the thing that everyone wants to ask me about um, when I'm on the road, uh, what life on the NBA is like. Um, I think there's another layer to that, and I'm not answering those questions. Um, I don't actually have any answers on those questions for all the great talk about it all. Um, but anyway, um, feel free if I should, I should do it and see who let us know who notices first. Well, I think I would ruin the shoe if I wore the left foot. Um, I think the jazz are about to become the flavor of the month. Um, I'll explain and I'll take your questions about travel on the road um, as well. 
um, as we continue on today's show. Uh, there's a really neat company that I worked with, uh, did a bunch of work with called Summit Capital. And Summit Capital is a uh, local investment group uh, made up of successful business um, operators, Matt, David, and the crew. So they funded part of Locked On uh, when we took our public funding uh, and and you know did our round. Uh, they are now looking to provide capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of businesses that work um, that they work in. So this is a really interesting situation. So if you work for a company, family owned, you've been the manager for a long time, you're super close to the family as those great relationships are. And maybe you kind of realize the company can go even further. The owner doesn't want to put in that kind of juice. The company's fine for what it is. Or the company, the owner's looking to kind of get out of it. Maybe the next generation's not that interested. You're the logical one, but you don't have the capital. Summit Capital is here to provide you for the capital so that you can be the one that takes that company. Everyone wins, right? You get the capital from Summit Capital. You can take over the company, take it to the next stage, build into something bigger, and the the original founder family gets their money and, and moves out. We're um, also looking for owners seeking to sell their businesses and entrepreneurs seeking capital to help grow their businesses. Um, they're entrepreneurs themselves. They approach investing with the mind of an entrepreneur. Unlike private equity or venture capitalist funds, they're not artificial timeline horizons or existing are exiting. I, they never once asked me about an exit. When we asked about their for funding, they want to know the business plan. They want to know the details, but they never asked once, well, when are you getting out? When are we getting our return? So it was kind of a really pleasant experience. Uh, you can contact Matt via text or voice at 801-796-2033. That's 801-796-2033. Or email lockedonjazz at summit.caputah.com. That's lockedonjazz at summit caputah.com no dot sorry i missed that locked on jazz at summitcaputah.com or you can click on the website summitcaputah.com uh to feel free to reach out to summit capital and hopefully that'll be a great mix uh for you and bring you uh, all sorts of success have you played prize picks yet prize picks is the daily fantasy made easy you pick two to five players over under on projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app both on the App Store or Google Play. Prize Picks offers a variety of options and you can even intermix games or you just go simple points scored, rebounds, steals, all sorts of things like that. It's got the NBA. It's got college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA and more for a limited time. Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of Locked On listeners. Users get fifty dollars for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. You must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer to Locked On listeners. Sign up today and use the code NBA fifty dollars for free if a player in your Prize Picks scores a single point. That's at Prize Picks. Download the app. All right. Um, some of the questions coming in. Do you wear a pair of game shoes every night? Really curious about that with a uh, growing, do they, the guys wear a new pair of game shoes every night? Really curious about that with a growing trend of giving them away. Um, and are they provided by the, uh, or player provided? Those are great questions, Tyler. I'm going to see if I can find answers. So my understanding is it depends on the player. Some players wear their shoes for really, really long. Obviously, Don's giving them away a lot. The other one that might be a little tricky, unless you really see them take their off their foot, some of these guys have security people who bring the shoe an, a pair of shoes out for them that they give away that might not be their game shoes. Sometimes guys will practice. What I think is really interesting is, like, 
Jordan was practicing in a pair of shoes because I know the brand was um, that is not the shoes that he will play in. So he he practiced in a totally different pair of shoes than he pre- plays in. Boyan will like ride those red shoes now for a while. He's a little superstitious. And so once he's got something going well, he'll actually hold to it for a while. He had the yellow shoes for a while. Um, and now he's got the red ones going. So I think that that's um, – and then the shoes are, I think, shoe company provided. But team – like Adam Klauke, Equipment Manager of the Year, has a whole box of shoes when he actually has one box that's just all Don's. Um, so for Donovan. So it's a little bit of each. But I'm going to – Tyler, I'll go look around and see what I can find out about that. That's a, that's a fun, great um, question. Bailey says, what is the vibe amongst the players right now? Is the chemistry good from your standpoint? So, I mean, last night, they, I, I saw them walking back from their dinner. Rudy and Donovan were the first two guys in the front talking amongst themselves with a group of guys. Hassan was like three or four guys back, and it was a big group. So they were coming back from dinner last night. Um, so, you know, some of this talk is, is a little bit ridiculous um, that we've just kind of con- constantly heard. Um, the, you know, they were engaged in practice. Practice was pretty heavy yesterday. There was a lot of work, a lot of work that was put in in yesterday's practice. Um, so they seemed engaged. It wasn't like a frolicking practice in the sense that everyone's like hooting and hollering and joking and things like that. And they've always been that group where they've gotten along and they've had good juice and energy. Um, you know, I think Daniel House has been a really nice addition to this group. Just he brings a different energy and a different type of guy. Um, and I think that there's there is kind of if you look historically through this team. And Quinn's team over the last few years, when there's a roster shakeup, it adds and brings a little bit of new texture and joy- juice to the group that's been positive. So if you think back of the Kyle Corver trade when he came, Alec Burks, Jordan, uh, the Alec Burks, I think that was Alec Burks, Kyle Corver trade that took place when we were in Brooklyn and Alex and out, we were kind of floundering and then boom, there's the Dante Exum, Jordan Clarkson trade and Jeff Green release that took place in Miami on like December 23rd. And that added a little bit of a bounce. And I, I think there's a little level here where, as weird as this is, the Joe Ingles injury, that which led to the trade, which then leads to the Daniel House getting time and Trent Forrest getting time and the shakeup that's taken place and really totally changed who we are as a team. We're just so dramatically different than what we what we were before. It's so fu- weird how, like, one or two guys, I feel like, can really just change the, the composition of the roster. Uh, that seems to have added a little bit of a... Uh, a shakeup that I think is, is not a bad thing. Um, and that seems to be, you know, what has been a script that we followed for quite some time. So um, it's, it's, you know, that, I, that I think is the case. Um, so we'll see, you know, I mean, I think there's something to this. I was talking to actually my, my buddy yesterday. Like if you're building an NBA roster, I think you have to have some guys that are playing for their lives. We didn't have any, like, well, I remember I was talking to, all right, so a bunch of conversations here, and I just don't know if it's appropriate for me to say who, so just go with it. Um, so t- three years ago, I was at coffee in the offseason with someone, and they said, well, what do you think of the upcoming season? We had just signed Boyan, and we had just made all the changes from Ricky Rubio and Jay Crowder, and I said, well, the challenge is getting everyone to play hard. And the person looked at me like, what do you mean? And I said, Ricky Rubio and Jay Crowder have to play hard, or they go home. Like, if they if they don't play hard, they go home. Because if they don't, it, they're not good enough offensively. To, Boyan, Joe, like they're good. 
really, really, really good. They don't have to play that hard. Like, they're going to hit 40% of their threes, and they're not going to have to go home. Whereas those other guys do. We have some guys right now that have to play hard or they go home, right? Trent Forrest is, like, living a five-star life, eating all those meals I just talked about, staying in beautiful hotels, traveling on charters, hanging with superstars, living the life. He don't play hard. He goes home to Florida or is in Europe or is in the G League. Daniel House was at home in Houston, out of the league for a little while there. Like, he's going to play hard or else he's going home. And I think there's, frankly, Eric Paschal is going to play hard or he's going to go home. And I'm not criticizing, like, Rudy Gay goes home. He goes home with $150 or whatever it is. Like, I don't, I'm not criticizing because that's where they are in their career. And I think, frankly, you know, like, you need to have great, great, great players. But I do think you have to have a few guys on your roster who have to play or else they go home. And I think that's changed on who we are a little bit on the roster recently and changed the impact of who we are as a team. Um, Yo-Yo D.D. Uh, players always eat at the same places when they travel. You know, that's a great question. I would suspect yes, because we're all creatures of habit. I think this is the most interesting debate that I deal with on the road all the time. So Houston's maybe the best food city in America. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is Hugo's, which is a a legendary Mexican chef here in town. Another one of my favorites is actually an Asian place called Cata Rabada. Amazing. My other favorite is anything Chris Shepard does. One of my favorite chefs. Do I just, I got two meals here a year. Do I just go to my two favorites every single time? Or do I try a new place? We tried a um, Vietnamese place yes, uh, the night before that was, um, the chef had been on Master Chef and won a bunch of stuff and was outstanding and different flavors than I ever had. It was super. And then yesterday I actually went to Hugo's new restaurant, Herbe, which is a street Mexican street food, and it was incredible. I might go back there for lunch. So, like, do you go back to the place um, that you know really well? Like, so we're going to Atlanta once a year. There's a place called South City Kitchen, which makes this the best fried chicken. It's amazing. Cool. Barkley suggested it to us. Like, if Charles Barkley's suggesting food, you go. Do you just go to South City Kitchen, or do you go find someplace new, but then you don't get South City Kitchen for two years? And then, like, for how long do you go not going to South City Kitchen? It's kind of like, hey, these are the big fun. Um, Houston, I think, is the best restaurant city because Houston's probably the most integrated diverse city in America. There's not a great amount of food tradition. David Chang talked about this in Ugly Delicious. And so they're trying new things where if you're in New Orleans or New York or some of the more traditional restaurant cities, I feel like they're set to the standard that they have to keep because of their history. And if you look at, um, like, L.A. is probably the other food city in America right now. Houston has this Vietnamese culture and this French culture and this this culture and all these. And there's a great Nigerian restaurant and there's Ethiopian food and there's all this different stuff going on here in Houston. And then they kind of start to meld together and it makes it really, really unique. Um, so I think that's, um, you know. I think that's it. Crowder brought some toughness to this team. He was a great role player. Still remember that. Oh, this is from Mr. E. I probably should tell that. Uh, Crowder brought some toughness to the team. He was a great role player. Still remember that Boston win. Hope we have some of these players you mentioned. Eric 
uh, can be that guy. So I think Eric Pascal could be Jay Crowder in his career. I think that's like a really good comp for him. And I actually think he's got some more skills than Jay. So he's got to play with that level of like, I'm going to beat your ass. Um, and I thought, I think some of Jay's toughness is fake toughness, but it's been going on long enough. People believe it, but I do think that's what house is bringing. Um, I, I do think that's what house is bringing. David, could you put together a list of your favorite restaurants in each city? That way, one of us would end up knowing where some good food is. Um, I do. I actually think the way to do that, if I got organized, would be to go through my Yelp and create collections, and I think I can make them public. I think that's the way to do that. Um, I've thought about that before. I didn't think anybody really cared, though. Um, uh, Ray says going to have to take a trip to Houston. Yeah, do, and let me know. I'll get you whatever you want. Any other questions on that? Uh, here's a thought for you. Um, I think we're going to become the flavor of the month. Oh, here's a question. Uh, have I got a new coffee, buddy? I know Igor was your guy for a few years before he left. I have not. I'll go to coffee with Vince Lagarza some. I need to go to coffee with Sergey and um, Erdems, and I have not. Um, two of the other coaches. Um, I have not. I actually now kind of have it set that I travel with my own AeroPress. I have my own oatmeal in the room every day. Um, and I like to make sure I get up and do my yoga. So I've kind of found that my schedule is a little busier with lockdown than it ever has been. Um, so I am trying to find that I do my yoga in the morning, do the show, start work, try to jump on a Peloton or something else for the second workout of the day. And, um, then I'm not quite as bloaty and fat as I am right now. How's that for more information? This has been just a very personal show. These are fun to do every now and then, unless they're really, really boring for you guys. I don't know. Maybe you guys like this stuff. I don't know. Um, JC Ernst says, I'd like to hear what your daily schedule routine on the road is. Wake up. Uh, oh, I kind of just gave it. So it's a little different every day, but so like today is there's no shoot around today because there was practice yesterday. So today was wake up yoga show. Um, Try to get to a Peloton, but my call started at 11. Um, huge meeting, lockdown meeting from 2.30 to 4.30, but my bus is at, or, yeah, 2.30 to 4.30, but my bus is at 3, so I have a problem I got to deal with on that. Um, my bus might be at 4. So, um, uh, so it's just kind of constant. There's no schedule. I mean, I try every day. I, I'm one of those that has to write down my schedule, um, but that's basically it. I don't know how I just realized I'm not getting my Peloton in today. That's what just happened right there. Uh, it is locked on jazz. Uh, well, uh, I'll explain flavor of the month and protein and uh, power rankings here in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to Built.com and find the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Peanut butter is back. Not one I can do because I'm allergic to nuts, but they are excited. The peanut butter is back. 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. Peanut butter is back. Puff mixed box also available for you. Churro, banana cream pie, coconut, marshmallow, ruby chocolate. Um, you can build a 12-bar mix box. You can choose your own flavors. The white cookies and cream is still there. Mint brownie, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, coconut, double chocolate, coconut almond, cookies and cream. Limited releases are out as well. Co Caramel almond delight. But the great thing about Built Bars, it's 130 calories, 2.5 grams, four net carbs, four sugars, 17 grams of protein. What I'm doing on this trip is I have a tendency to eat a fourth meal which is what makes me and terrible. And so I'm eating a built bar as my fourth meal on this trip. Cause after games, I'm super hungry and seeing if that works. So I'm excited to see if built bar can help me out uh, with that. It's all at built.com. Use the promo code locked 15. That's locked 15 at built.com.
I the uh, I kind of was feeling this recently. Everyone's talking about us again. I don't know if that matters, and it's always with the same last sentence, which is it doesn't matter until they perform in the playoffs. So I feel like it's totally irrelevant. But frankly, everyone's talked so much about Chicago already, and they're beginning to fade a tiny bit. Miami will probably become the real talk of whether they're truly a title contender. Um, at some point, they're going to come back up because Philadelphia and Brooklyn are all the talk, and Boston was the flavor of the month last month. But with Chris Paul out and with Draymond out, Phoenix and Golden State aren't playing that well. Memphis has already been the flavor of the month. Dallas might take the flavor of the month title from us, but I feel like <clears throat> there's this like suddenly little rise-up talk about the Utah Jazz. I don't know if it matters. Um, Dallas might take it from us. Luca's performance last night, Luca overall playing at the MVP level he's playing right now. And the fact that they have, I think the second or third best record since January 1st. Um, but if we can go get tonight, suddenly we've won, you know, I think eight of nine or nine of 10 at that point or whatever it is, eight of nine, um, new Orleans will be tough. We go get that one. It's suddenly 10 of 11, go get Oklahoma city. And like, <laughs> then we match it with Dallas, two hottest teams in the West. Like, I think we become, you know, and I'm seeing it happen. Like people want to talk about us. They don't know what we're ta- anything about us, but they want to talk about us a little bit more um, than they used to. All right, let's go to power rankings. We'll start with, uh, we always start with NBA.com. I hope you read it every week. John Schumann does seriously the best work. It's probably the number one thing I feel like as a, if I want to be on top of the league, I have to read every week is um, the amazing work that he puts in um, with um, and he publishes it on late Mondays. So we're a day late. Here's what he's got. Number one, he's got the, uh, f- I always love this, few little quick notes. The West is now 181 and 166 against the East, so 52% winning percentage. Um, easiest schedule so far, Milwaukee, Chicago, Phoenix. Um, and here we go. Phoenix is the number one, and I think they should be power-ranking team in the league. Um, they are actually new starting live with Cam Johnson scoring 134 points per 100 possessions. Um, and uh, they have, this is after they lost to the Jazz the other night. Um, but they're number two. Memphis, he still has his number two. One of four teams that rank in the top 10 on both ends of the floor. Their defense ranks second behind Boston over the last three months. But they made multiple mistakes, failing to match up after made basketball, switching the other floor. It allowed the Wolves to score 66 points in the second half on Thursday. It was their second loss in a game that they led by 15 or more. Um, so, and then Jaws just incredible. Third is Miami. He writes, Miami's starting lineup was so dominant in its pre-February minutes they, uh, before getting destroyed recently. It was a plus 29.5. Um, and for the season, he'd have the seventh best bench in the NBA. Number four is the Celtics. They are really the flavor of the month right now. Everyone has them in actually 538. We'll get to in a second. Has them as like the favorite to win it all, I think. Uh, number five is the Denver Nuggets ahead of the Utah Jazz. Little surprising to me. Number six is the 76ers. Um, number seven is the Dallas Mavericks. Number eight is the Utah Jazz. Had two big games last week. They won them both with more than 125 points per 100 possessions against top five defenses. Those are the Mavs and the Suns. This is why we talked about yesterday's show about the Jazz being the best offense in the league by a long far. Long shot. The Jazz are seven and one uh, since returning from Donovan's eight game absence in a league best eight and one in February. 
Um, we need to actually not fall behind 100 to nothing to start games, by the way. I would suggest that. Warriors are 9. Bulls are 10. Anyone else of interest? Cavaliers are 11. Milwaukee's 12. Like, oh, these teams have a chance to win it. Minnesota's 13. Clippers are 14. Pretty amazing that we have. Literally, I think Milwaukee has a chance to win this thing in their 12. Jazz have a chance to win this thing in their 11. ESPN will run through that quickly. Phoenix and Memphis are 1-2. Golden State's 3 to them. Miami's 4. Philadelphia's 5. Chicago's 6. Utah's up to 7. Milwaukee's 8. Dallas, 9. Boston's 10. Cleveland's 11. And Dallas and Denver is 12. Let's go to basketball reference. Actually, let's do five. Yeah, let's do basketball. Let's do 538 first. 538 has the um, chance to win it. Basketball reference has what spots you're going to finish. That's where I think. So the team most likely to winning the NBA Finals right now is 16%. And this is kind of what I've been saying all year. It's like everyone's got a 10 or 12% chance to win it. Like, And we're right there. Uh, they have us a little lower now. But um, Celtics at 16%. Suns at 16%. Nuggets at 13%. Weird Denver is so high. And that's before the guys are coming back. Bucks at 13%, Heat at 12%, Sixers at 10, Jazz at 8, Grizzlies at 5, Warriors at 3. Projected record finishes. Suns the 1 seed, Grizzlies the 2 seed, Warriors the 3 seed at 54, Jazz at 52, Nuggets at 51, so we would play Denver in the first round of the playoffs. Uh-huh. I don't know which I'd want. Dallas at 49 is sixth. And then uh, 46 is Minnesota with the seventh seed in the playing game, playing the Clippers who are at 42. The Pelicans at 36. And the 10th seed being the Lakers and the Spurs tied at 34. Ah! Is it possible the Lakers don't even make the play-in? Even I didn't project that. Wow. Let's go to basketball reference. Basketball reference, playoff probably. What I like about basketball reference is they project where we're going to finish percentage-wise. And we've been talking about this. So the most likely is the Suns are 99% to finish with the one seed. The second most likely scenario in the West is that the Jazz will finish with the four seed, 62.8%. 20% chance we get to three. But 62.8% that we are the four seed. Dallas is the most likely next positioning at 52.2% of the fifth seed. And they have the Warriors at the most likely next positioning at the second seed. But for Memphis, they actually have Memphis more likely to be two than three. So that's really a battle. Then Golden Denver comes in at the most likely next at sixth. Minnesota at seven. Clippers actually are equally likely to be at more likely to be at seven than eight. Weirdly enough, just statistically the Laker, the Clippers eight is there is pretty likely in the pre play in. Oh, that's if they never mind. That's if they actually make the playoffs, win a game to get there pre play in the Timberwolves are a 63% chance to be in the seventh seed, which is actually a little higher than the jazz at four. So if I redid that sun's one is most likely Minnesota seven is second most likely. Jazz four seed is the, is the most then, and then 
then we get to Dallas at five, Golden State, Memphis. So not a lot of battling there. Clippers at eight is almost certain. And then they do have the Lakers now uh, at 35.1 compared to the Pelicans 34.6 and the Spurs 34.5. And have the, um, the Lakers a slight advantage over the Spurs, but that, according to them, is a real battle as well. So the Lakers suddenly losing enough games and playing poorly enough without Anthony Davis that there is a chance... Um, a 39% chance, according to basketball reference, the Lakers don't make it 44% chance. The Spurs don't make it in 46% chance. The Pelicans don't make it. Wow. Play and excitement. All right. That is locked on jazz today. Hope you're doing great. Let's see if we do become the flavor of the month and whether we care or not. Um, hope everyone's good. Talk to you soon.